You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you weekend fantasy update. Woohoo! Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. And welcome to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Joe Galina. And I am joined by Frankie Cheech Stample. What's up? And making a special guest appearance. Yeah, we could say, you ever watch a show and you say, you know, it's a star, but then they put in the credits, like, also starring. Like, you get your own separate billing. Like, That's uh, you. Yeah. Oh, the, Brady, the maid in the Brady Bunch. Well, no. Alice, you, right? They uh, always throw her in. And Mike Floria. That's Mike Floria's voice. Mike Floria, do you want to be uh, compared to the to Alice from the Brady Bunch? That was the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> I see the comparison. <laughs> Frank, have you ever watched the Brady Bunch? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> oh, my nose. Uh, so we're back together. And it was great to see you guys in the middle of the week uh, for uh, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, which you could catch on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network uh, and the YouTube Sports Channel, uh, the YouTube Fantasy Sports Channel, uh, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. That's drive time on the West Coast. So, um, big week, right? We have an early game tomorrow. You guys got to set your alarm. Jaguars... Taking on the Ravens? Yeah, in London, across mm-hmm. the pond. Yeah. I think two weeks in a row we got a game in London, right? Are you a fan of the London games? Not really, no. I mean, it's kind of odd watching football that early in the morning. I See, I don't mind watching the game early mm-hmm. in the morning, but like having to... It just it, it adds another wrinkle. It's almost like a, a Sunday night type of... Like if one right. of your guys are questionable at one and say like your backup plan is a Raven or a Jaguar... Right. You don't have that time to see. That's what I don't like about it. Well, Terrence West, uh, he was injured. Now he's listed as questionable that he's the running back for the Ravens. So it uh, looks like he might be able to play. He has a thigh injury. Uh, we were concerned about, you know, Buck Allen and how much uh, time uh, Terrence West might take away from him. But it uh, looks like he's going to play. Right, guys? Yeah, I believe he practiced on Friday. So I, mean, I know the two days before that he didn't get in any practice. Mm-hmm. But... You know, that's what we usually look for is if they get in one yeah. full practice or even a limited practice, it seems more likely that they're going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that he's questionable, it's a soft tissue injury. Uh, I think that he could be a little limited in this game. I think Buck Allen could still have uh, the workload here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I honestly want to get away from Terrence West this week. If yeah. you don't have to start him, whether it's a standard league or not, uh, I think that's something that you could just get away from. And I, I think Buck Allen in a PPR is probably a low-end RB2 still. Do you like the uh, the early Sunday games from London, Frank? No, I agree with Mike. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that it forces your hand into making a decision. Like, mm-hmm. a guy I like this week is Ben Watson at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. Do I love him? No, but I, I think it's a pretty good matchup. Uh, but, you know, if we're waiting on news on other tight ends that we don't know about, mm-hmm. you're going to have to decide at 9.30 in the morning whether you want to put Ben Watson in or not. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just kind of annoying, to be honest. All right. Well, we don't want to annoy you, but uh, we do have uh, Bengals beat writer Jay Morrison. He's going to join us later in the show. We'll talk about uh, Joe Mixon and the Bengals offense. we got uh, injury news coming up. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update.
Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. And we're back with Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galina, Frankie Cheech, Stanford, Mike Florio, Pico Sidori producing our show. And guys, I don't know about you, whenever I hear the song, it just takes me back right to the uh, series finale of The Sopranos, no? I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you, Joey. I mean, I haven't watched it from beginning to end, but oh, the whole my, my, my parents watched it so much, and I think by the time it was ending, I probably was old enough to see it, but right. I do I do remember that final uh, scene, yeah. yeah. How about you, I, uh, Mike? I have yet to watch it. Yeah. I've yeah. watched some of it. I've started it. I haven't finished it yet. Uh-huh. Okay. So no <laughs> Godfather, no Sopranos. Joey, you got to get rid of this guy. Uh, How does he have a vowel on the end of his name? I'm in the middle of Game of Thrones for what's that? What what? that yeah, I started that like a month ago. Do you watch that, Joe? Yes, I do. Yeah. All right. Uh, there were some really, really great episodes this year, and then others that kind of, like, I thought the season finale was a little weak compared to what we had seen, you know, in prior weeks for Game yeah. of Thrones. No, there, there was definitely a lot of action this season, a lot of crazy storylines <laughs> going on, but I just feel like they're trying to rush everything yeah, too yeah. much. Like, there, there were episodes where not a lot was happening, mm-hmm. and then it seemed like they have to rush now to catch mm-hmm. up and try and fit everything in. So. Shame. Oh. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's going it's to be shame. interesting yes, to see how they'd wrap it all up, but and that, I just I feel like they're rushing now. over a year, I think, right, for, for new episodes? Maybe and then, even more. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that there's like a confirmed date of when it's, it's because of the exotic locations that they film on, but uh, uh, let's get back to fantasy football. And, uh, do hey, we have to? <laughs> we could do a Game of Thrones uh, show. Why there not? you go. Right? <laughs> Um, so, if, look, everyone's busy thinking about who they're going to be starting this week. We're going to help you out. Uh, give us a call, 844-843-6879. You could tweet out to us at FNTSY Radio. Uh, you could tweet out to Mike, right? At Michael F. F. Florio. Florio. Two Fs in there. There you go. And I'm not the guy from... from That other NBA, guy. The other guy. He, who he, people he, are tweeting me articles Mike is the that, original. about... All this stuff that he was writing about last night—it wasn't none of it was me. <laughs> and you got uh, Frank. Go ahead, give us your uh, Roto underscore Frank. Yeah, that you know what the F stands for in Mike's name, right? <laughs> friggin' Michael Friggin' Florio. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. You can follow me at Joe Galina on Twitter. And so, why don't we get we have lots of uh, little injuries to watch, right? Obviously, a lot in the tight end, but we're, we're, we're going to get to that. But uh, my New York Giants, uh, Janoris Jenkins, game time decision. Uh, and uh, they've had so many problems with their uh, offensive line. Uh, Bobby Hart going to be out. Uh, we talked about Terrence West going on to the Packers. We're just going to run through these real quick, and, and we'll talk about the more important ones. I was a little surprised with the Packers that uh, Jordy Nelson is actually questionable. Uh, looks like he, he's going to play this week. Yeah, I find that weird, too. Like, he practiced in full all week, mm-hmm. uh, says that he's going to play. So I, I, I think he is going to. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand why some of these guys get the questionable tag mm-hmm. when it's obvious that they're going to play. Right. Ron Rivera came out and said, Cam Newton is going to play Sunday. So why is he questionable? Right, exactly. I don't get yeah. it. Like, why give him that tag? Randall Cobb, doubtful, so I presume that he's going to be out. I've stricken him from my rankings already. Yeah. 
Shame. <laughs> so, so uh, with him out, who do you think gets the bump up? I, uh, people uh, might be looking at Geronimo Allison, but maybe uh, tight end Martellus Bennett, you think, might get some more targets, and yeah, maybe s- Ty Montgomery? I said it on BFFs the other day when you joined us, Joey. Mm-hmm. I, I think that him and Ty Montgomery, because... Are you Allison, scolding me that I should have been paying no, attention? No, no, okay. no, no, no. Allison is more of a stretch to field, like, mm-hmm. yeah, line up outside kind of wide receiver, whereas I think Bennett and... And Montgomery could, you know, do the short intermediate routes like mm-hmm. Randall Cobb has been doing so well. Surprisingly enough, though, I have Devontae Adams ranked the highest of Packers wide receivers this week just because I am still slightly concerned that while Jordy practiced all week, he did miss most of the game last week. Could be week. limited. Yeah, I, I worry that, Yeah, maybe there's a, like like what we saw maybe with Odell Beckham the other day, mm-hmm. like uh, just some plays here and there, they just pull him off the field to make sure, you know, give him some breaks in between. And also, if if he is not 100%, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, he doesn't put up the Jordy game. I mean, I still have him as a high-end wide receiver, too. I have him on one but of my I have teams Adams have just higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. So you're starting him if you own him. Mm-hmm. But I do have Adams just higher. And by the way, you mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. He's stricken from the, uh, the uh, injury report. Report. I'm ranking him like like Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, should be ranked. Think, uh, I have him top five well, wide receiver against this week. that. Uh, we'll try to get into each game uh, or as many games as we can. But with uh, the Philadelphia uh, Eagles questionable secondary, on paper he should have a, a good day. No, Odell. Yeah, I think you know he's back inside the top mm-hmm. ten at wide receiver this week. We want to see him 100 percent healthy, but obviously if he's starting, yeah. uh, he has to be in your lineup. I do agree. I mean, there are a lot of injuries. Um, most notably, Ronald Darby is still out for the Philadelphia Eagles, the mm-hmm. guy they went out and traded for in the preseason from Michael Furrier's Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there could be some matchups that they could exploit there. What I don't understand about the Giants, right? If the offensive line is so bad, just have quick three-step drops. Just throw the ball to Odell Beckham, quick mm-hmm. slant. Let him make something. Uh, give him a give him a short screen. Just give your best players opportunities right. to make plays. That's what I haven't understand mm-hmm. about Brandon Marshall yet. I understand he dropped that ball. That's one hundred percent on him. But why don't you? Give him a short pass and let him see what he can do right. with it, right? I'm not completely sold that Brandon Marshall is done. That mm-hmm. was a terrible, terrible drop. But I think that you just got to put the ball in your best player's hands. Uh, do it quickly mm-hmm. so you don't have to worry about the offensive line and then see what they can do with the ball. I just feel like the Giants have gotten away from that. Um, and that's part of the reason why they haven't been so successful on offense. I wanted to get back to Martellus Bennett real quick. Sure. For people looking at uh, opposing fantasy points and mm-hmm. how the Bengals have fared against tight ends this year, the Bengals have allowed the least fantasy points to opposing tight ends so far. Mm-hmm. But I need to put this in perspective for you because they played the Baltimore Ravens in week one where they were getting destroyed and Joe Flacco only threw the ball like 20 times mm-hmm. the whole entire game. And then last week they played the Houston Texans who I don't even know that they had a tight end yeah, active say, last they, week. All their tight ends were, were, all, were mm-hmm. not playing. Right. So we have to put this in perspective. When you're looking Looking at you know defenses and how they fare against mm-hmm. you know uh, opposing fantasy points allowed, uh, the Bengals look like they're oh it's the thirty they're the thirty second ranked team against tight ends uh, they're the toughest matchup no. That's not true. Look at the teams they played and looked at the game flow of those games. So I'm not you know scared of the Bengals defense. I agree that if uh, if Randall Cobb is out, which we're expecting, I do expect a bigger boost for Martellus Bennett. You, I just want to remind people that don't look into the uh, fantasy points against too much early on in the season because you have to put some perspective into it. Really great point because two weeks into the season, it could be 
highly skewed. So you have to take a look at the individual opponents when you're looking at fantasy points versus this early in the season. But uh, uh, you mentioned uh, Titans, uh, not Titans, but Texans, and they really didn't even have a, a tight end. But just want to give a shout-out to Jared Smoller. We've had him on uh first look when we did it together and you know we'll probably have him on before the season's over uh on this show but he tweeted out a good point you know ryan griffin tight end for the texans out of concussion protocol so look i mean a lot of uh, question marks regarding the tight end position so uh i i don't know if i you know start him but he's someone that you should be familiar with and, and take a look he had uh decent numbers last last year yeah he had a few games mm-hmm. i'm looking back at his mm-hmm. game log from last year uh, he had multiple games with more than 50 yards. He had an 85-yard game. He had a few touchdowns sprinkled in there, too. Uh, and the Texans need all the weapons that they can get right now to help Deshaun Watson. Uh, I think that we ultimately we think the Patriots are going to try and take out that one weapon, and, and that's going to be DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe if Deshaun Watson has to look elsewhere, it's Ryan Griffin. I think he's a, a lower end. If you're really, really stuck at tight end, he's kind of like that, that middle tight end two range, maybe a lower end tight end two Uh a guy that I might bring up later on if we get to the game, sure. Ed Dixon, I yeah. think, is a sneaky play, but also in that range of mm-hmm. tight ends you don't really want, but if you're in a pinch, you can look at those right. guys. And by the way, you brought up some good points with the Giants, You know, maybe some shorter passes to uh, Brandon Marshall. Obviously, uh, you're going to be getting uh, Shane Vereen involved as well. If yeah, you, he, if he, I mean, he's already been yeah. heavily involved. Uh, I think it's a little telling that they're not going to Brandon Marshall in these... I, I mean... I don't want to say he's washed just yet, but I'm pretty concerned that he's washed mm-hmm. because, I mean, we saw last year. We, last year we gave him a pass and we blamed it all on the quarterbacks, but he was, when he was healthy, he was heavenly targeted, mm-hmm. and he just wasn't doing much with it at all. So, yeah, we, we could blame the quarterback, and now this year we could blame the, the O-line and Eli Manning not having time, but at what, what point do we blame Brandon Marshall himself? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it, there's definitely a chance that he's done. But just looking at what happened last year, he had a significant, well, what looked like a significant knee injury early on in the season last year. And I thought he might have been playing through that, which might have hampered his ability. Uh, and But he definitely had some big drops last season. I'm a Jet fan. I watched all their games. Uh, and he... he dropped a lot of passes last year so you know that's what we've seen from him so far this year obviously if he makes that play down the sideline you know maybe the Giants aren't 0-2 right. maybe that's a completely different game uh, but I'm not ready to say that he's completely done even, yet even on that play that he dropped the ball though like I know he did create space but like he had to do it by being like physical at the line of scrimmage like I worry that he now struggles to create separation from the cornerbacks mm-hmm. and that's why Eli Manning hasn't thrown him the ball I don't think Eli Manning is you know lining up saying alright I'm gonna look everywhere but Brandon Marshall's right. way this year I think it's I don't more I think that Manning even has any time to make that is true as well, as well. And, and if Marshall maybe you know he needs that extra extra second to create separation now than he used to or whatever and if that's the case I, I mean I'm not saying this for a fact but I am worried uh, and, and I was high on Brandon Marshall I own him in a lot of leagues I, I am worried I'm not dropping him yet but I'm certainly not starting him yeah I don't think he's droppable yet but uh, I was talking to Dave Martinez with, uh, earlier this week and uh, he brought up a great point why spend that money on Brandon Marshall maybe you could have got some help on that offensive line look what Andrew Whitworth has done for the Rams but we'll be back talking more injuries and uh, we'll try to help you put your lineup in for Sunday. Hello, 
friends. If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the Draft Kings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Come Greg Sussman say you. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Frankie Cheech Stanfield, we're here for you. Going over uh, the uh, options that you have for tomorrow, Sunday, week three. Can't believe we're in week three. Setting up your lineups, going over some injuries, trying to help you out. And uh, if you want, you give us a call, 844-843-6879. Tweet out to us at FNTSY Radio. Um, Saints and Marshawn Latmore. It, it seems that if I'm a team that's playing the Saints, I'm like, look at my chops. I just want to get <laughs> – I just want to play that, that defense, no? If this can <laughs> remedy Cam Newton, then exactly, nothing will. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the, the whole thing, too – I loved Kelvin Benjamin. I have him inside my top 10. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit concerned because Marshawn Lattimore, yeah, he's young. But, he. I mean, they, they obviously trust the kid. He shadowed Brandon Cooks last week. Mm-hmm. And, look, Brady went the other way. Brandon Cooks was the one Patriot player last week who probably had left you wanting more. Mm-hmm. Chris Hogan scored a touchdown. Brady went absolutely ham. Gronk was the top tight end. The the running backs got involved, but Brandon Cooks hadn't really done much, mm-hmm. and I think a big part of that was because Lattimore did a nice job shadowing him. So ultimately, I think this only helps Kelvin Benjamin. And I said it though during the week, and I'll say it again, man. I think Benjamin top ten wide receiver this week. I have Devin Funches as a low end wide receiver three because I think the loss of Greg Olson. You can look at these two wide receivers and say they're either big wideouts or they're small tight ends because they have very similar frames. They have big catch radiuses. So I think Cam Newton is going to trust these two guys mm-hmm. to kind of fill the void of Greg Olson. And they're going to have to put up points on the Saints. Mm-hmm. And like Frank said, if this matchup can't remedy Cam Newton, right. nothing will. So, I mean, I'm going out there and believing in, in the fact that they could put up points against this awful Saints defense mm-hmm. because I'm pretty sure if the three of us went out there, we may be able to score a touchdown yeah, and two against them. Sure. So I think Lattimore being out, though, only helps mm-hmm. cement Kelvin Benjamin, top 10 wide receiver this week. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you about Benjamin. Speak for yourself. I mean, yeah. I'm scoring at least two touchdowns against the New Orleans <laughs> Saints defense. Uh, the first In the first game without Greg Olson last week, Devin Funches had uh, four receptions on six targets, 68 yards. So, I mean, 10 points in a PPR, mm-hmm. it's not bad as, as a flex in a deeper league or maybe a wide receiver three, like Mike mentioned this week, going up against the New Orleans Saints. What a lot of people say about Funches is true. He, he's... He's an oversized wide receiver or an undersized tight end. He played a little bit of tight end in college. You watch this guy run. He's huge. He's a big target, but he's not very fast. He really, you know, he plays like a tight end, like a pass-catching tight end. I'm mm-hmm. not sure that he's ever going to line up, you know, in line and he's going to get in there on the blocks, but I certainly think that he he's a good replacement in terms of uh, 
body size to a Greg Olson. Obviously doesn't have the same rapport with Cam Newton because Greg Olson was uh, Newton's top target. But I think, you know, Devin Funches, I think, is sneaky wide receiver three uh, this week. And then moving forward, I mean, him and Kelvin Benjamin are going to be the top two targets. We want to see Christian McCaffrey get more involved in the passing game as well. Curtis Samuel, we continuously talk about it. He might have some big games here or there, but he's not going to have any consistency. He's more of that Swiss Army Knife type player. The targets are going to fall on the shoulders of Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funches, and Christian McCaffrey moving forward. I actually, in my article this week, I, I put, uh, yeah, I'm ranking Devin Funches as a low-end wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. I think he was almost universally unowned. Like, you could have got him except for in the deepest of leagues. So I said, you know, spend the 5 to 8% that it's going to cost to get him. And if he's a big week this week, look to flip him because I think people are going to see it and they're going to be like, oh, this is the Greg Olson replacement. It's going to help him. This is a great matchup, and I do not really trust Cam Newton most weeks. I mean, we saw what he did in the first two games, mm-hmm. so I just think I this think is... his shoulder is still bothering him a little bit. I, I mean, it's I agree. obvious that you know, they're limiting him midweek in terms of practice. And, and I think if, if they put up a big game this week, this is when you start to look to sell, because... I, I've said it a lot this week. I think this is week three is a week a lot of big name players break out. I think mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks, Terrell Pryor, Jamison Crowder, mm-hmm. Isaiah Crowell, all going to have their best games of the year so far this week. But if, if the Panthers do as well, I think it's more because of that matchup. I don't really want to get involved, get in bed yet with this Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if you could, if Funchess has a big game, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't at least try to flip him for someone a little safer. Did you just say you don't want to get in bed with Cam Newton? Yeah, it's an expression, Frank. Was it an you option? You don't want to get in bed with this guy. Was it an option? Did he? Yeah, no, he no. invited me. He invited me over. <laughs> and, I mean, in all seriousness, though, look at what Cam Newton's done so far this season. Through two games, he has two touchdowns mm-hmm. and one interception. His rushing statistics against the Bills, five rushes for 27 yards in week one against the 49ers, six rushes for three yards. I had this guy ranked outside my top 12 uh, quarterbacks coming into the season just because there was too much risk, man. Mm-hmm. Well, there's There was no reason to get involved. We talk about how deep the quarterbacks are coming into this year. Cam Newton coming off a of shoulder surgery. We knew he wasn't going to uh, run the ball um, as much as he has in years past. And, you know, kudos to Eric Young, who we have on Fantasy Football Best Friend Forever, one quarter of one half of the NXT Tag Team <laughs> Champions. He said... They're relying on Cam Newton to do something he's never done before, and that's throw short, quick passes out in the flat or screen passes to Christian McCaffrey. We saw just last week he had a wide-open Christian McCaffrey Mm -hmm. for a touchdown, and he overthrew him. That's something that Cam Newton has never done before, and he's never been asked to do. Now he's got to change up his style of play. Sounds easy, right? But I guess it's not if you're not used to doing it. He's never done it before, Mm -hmm. so I think that was a great call by Eric Young. I think that we could see a lot of more disappointing performances from Cam Newton moving forward. And and to add on to that point, as Uh much as he hasn't looked great throwing the ball to Christian McCaffrey, Mm -hmm. McCaffrey is still on pace to have the most receptions ever by a running back in a Cam Newton run offense. Yeah, five the first week, four the second week. And, you know, we talk a lot about the Falcons giving up a lot of receptions to uh, to running backs. They still uh, got to play them twice this year. Yeah, but <laughs> but uh, the, the Saints have given up just as many so far this yes, season as the Falcons, true. 19. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Frank. It's... It, you know, it seems like it's really easy just to dump little passes off to your, your running back. It's probably not as easy when you're not used to doing it. But, uh, you know, McCaffrey does have a chance to have a decent week this week as well. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I'm not moving away from McCaffrey. Yeah. I think it was more so a knock on Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that McCaffrey's still in a PPR every single week. He's going to have a safe floor of around 10 points, and that's mm-hmm. going to put him you know, in the RB2 discussion. And then if he gets in the end zone, that's what, what could propel him into being an RB1 every single right. week. He's going to have that upside. 
And we've seen, even with Cam Newton struggling at times so far this year, like you mentioned, he's already he already uh, leads this team uh, in receptions for running backs mm-hmm. and could lead them in a Cam Newton offense. True. So, you know, with as bad as Cam Newton has been, Christian McCaffrey is still getting it done from a PPR perspective. Yep. Joey, a little bit of breaking news. Oh, okay. What do we got? Adam Schefter tweeted that Chargers cornerback Jason Verrett will undergo season-ending surgery. What? <laughs> oh man, that's terrible. Jason Verrett, one of the one of the best young shutdown corners in the NFL. Uh, I know he tore his ACL last year. Mm-hmm. He was trying to come back from that this season. Played in Week One. Uh, didn't play week two, but I guess now, yeah, it's confirmed that he's going to be out. They still have another very good corner in Casey Hayward, but he is not to the level of a Jason Verrett. Uh, I think that helps, you know, look at the teams in that division. I think it, it, it's going to help the Oakland Raiders when mm-hmm. they play them. Amari Cooper and Crabtree, those are two guys there. Uh, it's going to help the Broncos again the next time they play. You can't cover both Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders right. if you don't have those two shutdown corners. Uh, and I think, it, I think it helps Tyreek Hill. I have I Tyreek Hill yeah. as a top 20 wide receiver this week uh, I'm, st- I'm still buying in there so uh, wow. it, it's a big hit for the for the Los Angeles Chargers I just feel bad for them man it feels like you know nothing <laughs> yeah, can go right games, for them yeah, they, they lost, lost the two games on last second field goal attempts mm-hmm. you know their defense has played better even with Verrett not being there all the time it's just I feel <laughs> I feel bad for the Chargers man mm, snake bit um, okay let's move on the uh, Cowboys secondary is banged up cornerback uh, Nolan Carroll out this week um, what are you thinking about uh, in terms of how does that help out uh, Cardinal? They're playing the Cardinals, I think, Monday night, right? Yes, they are. <laughs> Why did we have that game of all games this week on Monday night? Like they were expecting a big, you know, David Johnson mm-hmm. going up against Dak Prescott kind of matchup on a Monday night, but you know, you lose David Johnson, mm-hmm. you lose a lot of luster in that matchup. And the like, I get it. This helps, you know, the the Cardinals' offensive weapons mm-hmm. and. I just I I can't have that I can't value JJ Nelson or Larry Fitzgerald as much more than like high end wide receiver threes right now because they're in bed with again I use that expression Frank with Carson Palmer and Carson Palmer has looked just a, a yeah. shell of himself. You could blame the offensive line if you want. I get it. There there that's a big part of that problem with the offense, but he's. Even less mobile than like an Eli Manning, mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. he honestly it took them you know overtime to beat the Colts last week in a game that we did not see a lot of points scored. So while Larry Fitzgerald in PPR, I have him as a as a wide receiver three. JJ Nelson is the guy with the upside here though. Yeah. Yeah, it's not necessarily Carson Palmer's fault either. I mean, you take David Johnson off any team. Take take any team's best offensive player off mm-hmm. their team, and it's going to affect them. Take Le'Veon Bell off the Steelers. That's going to change the way they look, too. Uh, David Johnson just does so much for the team, especially as a receiver out of the backfield, mm-hmm. which ultimately helps Carson Palmer's numbers. I agree with Mike. I think J.J. Nelson and, and Larry Fitzgerald are you know in that 25 to 30 range for wide receiver this week. They're high-end wide receiver threes. Uh, I, I like Larry Fitzgerald. A little bit more stable in a PPR. Uh, kind of off to a slow start, which is odd for him. Usually he gets, these, gets off to these fast starts and then, and then fades. dwindles. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I was worried about Fitz coming into the year. I don't own him anywhere, and I'm still worried a little bit because... Like Frank said, you took David Johnson off the offense. The offensive line is just is really putrid, mm-hmm. and then you're relying on the health not only of and the the playset of a 34 year old wide receiver, mm-hmm. but of an even of a 38 year old quarterback. Right. So to me, it's just there was a lot of risk there, not only on like performance decline, but also on just injury. 
Mm-hmm. Like for for these guys who are aging, we've seen Carson Palmer get hurt in the past. We've seen him deal with dead arm in the past. So to me, it was just a little too risky for me to rank him as anything higher than than a wide receiver three coming into the year. It is worth mentioning that J.J. Nelson was limited at practice yes. Friday yeah, he just showed up on with the, a hamstring injury, report, injury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's listed as questionable for mm-hmm. that game. So I, I guess you know if you're going into that Monday night matchup, make sure you have like a Jerron Brown on the bench or something. Mm-hmm. If you're depending on J.J. Nelson, I think he has more upside than a Fitz. We've seen you know him scoring touchdowns at a crazy rate. Yep. Uh, but that's how I would rank those two this week. Uh, all right, we'll be back with more injury updates on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend fantasy update. Ezekiel Elliott, Carl Anthony Towns, Corey Seager. Those are the rookies of the year, much like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The fastest growing fantasy sports network on radio is completely free, 24-7. Listen to us live at fntsy.com slash radio or download the app right now in the Google Play Store or on iTunes. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend. Fantasy Update, Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Frankie Cheech Stample, Pete Considori producing our show. Just going through some of the uh, injuries that you have to be aware of for tomorrow. Just real quick, uh, Browns are going to be without Miles Garrett, their number one overall pick again this week. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, Jimmy Graham, tight end. Listed as questionable, but Pete Carroll says he's going to play. And I don't know how you could trust him. Based on what he's done so far this year, it's next to nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some of those other guys we were talking about who have value in a PPR this uh, this week, uh, like a Ben Watson, even Jason Witten in that matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, I know it's kind of crazy to do, but I think I would start those guys over Jimmy Graham. Mm-hmm. Is it crazy, Mike? I know you have him in one league. Yeah, would I'm, you start a Ben Watson over Jimmy Graham this week? Not this week. I, I'm giving Graham one more week. I still have him. I have him ranked right now as my tenth tight end. I wanna. I don't want to overreact from two weeks. I know it was. I mean, he's done next to nothing, like Frank has said, and a big reason of that is because of the offensive line. I mean, I don't know how I many think times. That's why they really want to get him in the lineup because he helps. You know, support that that poor offensive line. Give uh, I, a little I, pass protection for. Russell I can't Wilson. tell you how many times you know he's pass blocking, and then they just throw him like a a quick pass, so he catches it. Oh, one catch for one yard. Like mm-hmm. I, owning him, I've seen that a lot this year. I lucked out though in the league I own him in. After week one, uh, there was some overreaction, and people uh, an owner dropped Eric Ebron. So I, I scooped wow. him up. I have him as my fourth-ranked tight end this week. So, yeah, I'm throwing him out there over Jimmy Graham. But if I own a Jimmy Graham, I'm not I, – I can get why there is a concern. But myself personally, I would I would feel awful if I started a Ben Watson over him and then Jimmy Graham, you know, goes six for like 75 and a mm-hmm. touchdown, something like that, which I think is in his range, mm-hmm. his wheelhouse. We saw it a lot last year. So I want to give Graham like one more week. For me – this third week is is a big week for a lot of players because it's easy. After week one, it's easy to say it's one game. Right. After week two, you know, you could still just, oh, it's only been two weeks. But if it's three weeks in a row of underperformance, that's when it starts to become a trend. I so, think week three, players start to get in their 
stride, right? Because in the preseason they're playing, you know, a quarter here, you know, m- you know, by the end of the preseason a half, and then they take the final week off. So, you know, now week three, they're starting to get into real game shape, I think. No? It's hard to get in your stride when you can't run, Joe. <laughs> that's Jimmy Graham to me right now. Uh, honestly, I would start Jack Doyle over him this week. Mm-hmm. I, that's a great matchup. Yeah. All tight ends have killed the Browns this year. Mm-hmm. I know I just spoke about earlier uh, how defenses fare against certain positions, and, but the Browns have, regardless of who they play, they gave up uh, two touchdowns to J- Jesse James in week one, and then they allowed a ton of receptions to Ben Watson in week two. So that's a matchup I like. He has a good uh, rapport with Jacoby Brissett already as well. Jason Witten, I know that on paper, that is a terrible matchup mm-hmm. because the Cardinals were the best team against tight ends all of last year. They shut down Ebron in week one. But the Cowboys have had no choice but to get Jason Witten involved a ton in the offense early on in this season. Uh, the offensive line hasn't been as good as last year. Ezekiel Elliott got shut down by the Broncos last week. I still think there's going to be a lot of targets for Jason Witten. And then Ben Watson. Ben Watson going up against the Jaguars, who uh, early on this year, in week one against the Houston Texans, the lowly Houston Texans, they allowed six receptions for 60 yards. And then in week two, I'm not even going to talk about the rushing touchdown that Delaney Walker scored on a jet sweep because that's extremely fluky for a touchdown. But they allowed six receptions for 90 yards to opposing tight ends last week. They were giving up the third most fantasy points to tight ends. So I think that is a good matchup for Ben Watson as well. Uh, I understand if you drafted J- uh, Jimmy Graham early on, a lot of people did. You want to roll with him one more week, that's fine. I'm telling you what I would do if I owned him, and I would start those three guys over him. Here's I do want to talk about Jason Witten a bit because I I, I mean we can't discredit what he's done so far. Twenty uh, he ranks third in targets, first in receptions, eighth in receiving yards, and he's tied for second in receiving touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He's been amazing, but this is why I'm not fully buying in just yet. So far this year, the Cowboys have faced two of arguably the best secondaries in football. Mm-hmm. The Broncos and the Giants. And the Giants were at full strength. They had Janoris Jenkins who, let's just put it how, let's call it how it is, he has Des Bryant's number. Right. And I know there was chances for Des Bryant to have a bigger game than he did, but now this is three straight games that Janoris Jenkins has shut down Des Bryant mm-hmm. since you know he became a member of the New York Giants. Then they played the Broncos with Tlaib and you know that whole you, you can't throw, especially to wide receivers, on that defense. Mm-hmm. But one thing that both of those teams had in common last year was if you wanted to pass on them, the way you went was through to the tight end. Right. That was the way you could kind of attack them over the middle. And especially with Zeke getting shut down last week, I feel like they had no choice but to go to Jason Witten. So I think they played two teams that just... It was the perfect storm for Jason Witten. You know, two teams that can't stop the run that... Obviously have cornerbacks that could lock down your receivers, but their one weakness is against the tight end. Right. So I do have him ranked as like my 12th tight end, I believe, this week, but I'm not fully sold on him being a guy that you could start every week and, and trust. I want to... I mean, maybe it's wrong for me. Maybe I'm I'm being too no, di- you, like not buying in just yet, but I want to see him do it again and, and, and in an offense where... And this, uh, unfortunately, is another offense where you know they have a good cornerback that can lock up Des Bryant or potentially mm-hmm. lock up Des Bryant but still this was a team that while Jack Doyle had a good game last week against them they were awesome against the tight ends last year shut down Eric Ebron in week one so if Jason Witten comes out and has another strong game then I'll start to change my feelings on him I, I like I said low end tight end one for me this week but I think that his numbers are a little skewed based on the matchups it's a fair point but he's had some opportunities like he, he's second tied for second with a bunch of uh Receivers for uh, red zone targets, according to uh, Pro Football Reference, uh, he has four. Uh, so he is getting the opportunity, but you do bring up a good point. 
I think he could slow down at some point, definitely. Mm-hmm. But as long as the volume is there for Dak Prescott, he's had to throw the ball a lot so far this season. And I could see that working itself out on Monday night again as well. Uh, because, you know, as bad as the Cardinals' offense has, be- has been so far, mm-hmm. the Cardinals' defense is not very good, especially when their best players in the secondary are banged up. Orlando Skandrick, probably their best cornerback, is questionable in that game as well. So if he doesn't play... Maybe the Cardinals put up some points, and we have to see some more volume out of Dak Prescott. Last year, he didn't have to throw the ball all that much. He was incredibly efficient. Uh, and, you know, Jason Witten was blah. He was what he was every single year last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if Dak Prescott has to throw the ball a lot, and Des Bryant is being shattered by opposing teams' best cornerbacks, then he probably has no choice but to go to Jason Witten. He'll probably slow down at some point this season, uh, but until I see him slow down, I- I'm going to continue to have him in my lineup. So, mm-hmm. I-, I mean, I'm looking at his game log from last year, though, and like I know we one, Jason Witten had a big week against the Giants. He mm-hmm. always does that. You look right. at his games last yeah. year, nine receptions for 66. Giants have a great offense, I mean, defense, but they are susceptible to tight ends. Yeah, the yeah. linebackers mm-hmm. are the weakest point of the Giants' mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. So, so De- uh, Witten last year had a handful of big games, and it was when he was heavily targeted. Mm-hmm. He had double-digit targets in three games and eight or more in five, and those were his better games of the year, but then there was a lot of games mixed in where it was four targets, five targets, mm-hmm. three targets. That's my fear with Jason Witten, that he is so game script dependent. Right. And like Frank said, yeah, if he has to throw the ball, Jason Witten's probably going to you know, have a good game, but the Cowboys' game, like their plan is to ride Ezekiel Elliott, sure. get ahead, control the clock, and those are not a good recipe for success for Jason Wayne, in my opinion. I agree 100%. The point that I was making, though, is that their defense is so bad this year so far is that they haven't been able to get the lead or play with the lead because Mm. opposing teams are scoring so many points. So if that continues to be a trend, then that means the Cowboys are going to continue to have to throw the ball, which mm-hmm. ultimately leads to more uh, volume for Jason Wynn. So I do agree with you. That's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of can they get that done? Can the Cowboys defense you know, hold up enough where they can get a lead with Ezekiel Elliott and that? We haven't seen it yet so far right. this season. All right, so another big decision that fantasy players are going to have to make this week is uh, regarding the Tysons, uh, Tysons, the Titans running game. Uh, DeMarco Murray uh, listed as questionable. Uh, but do you trust him? I mean, of course, uh, Derrick Henry had a big week last week uh, filling in for for Murray. And, uh, you know, if you're a, a fantasy owner who drafted both, who did, you know, handcuffed uh, Murray with Henry, what do you do? I'm playing Henry over Murray this week. <laughs> I'm giving DeMarco Murray two thumbs down. <laughs> I Look, I don't want to get him in the lineup. Uh, I think that he's going to be active, and if that's the case, I think he's still going to get some touches in this game. Maybe not his full workload of getting 15-plus touches. Maybe he's in that 10 to 12 range. But that's going to take away enough from Derrick Henry where mm-hmm. I don't think either one will be fantasy viable this week. If he's out, I think Derrick Henry's probably a top 24 running back this mm-hmm. week. Uh, but if they both play, I would like to get away from that entire situation if I can. Right. I understand if you can't because you know he was a high draft pick. Uh, but if they both play and I had to choose one, I'm leaning Derrick Henry. I, I would trust Derrick Henry this week whether DeMarco suits up or not mm-hmm. because we've seen the reports that Derrick Henry, whether Murray's out there or not, they're expecting him to get a large workload this year. And, I mean, I'm looking at Henry's game log from last year. There are some games where, you know, he wasn't involved much at all, but 
Then there's, you know, eight carries, 10 carries, nine carries, 16 carries, 12 carries. So he was always a part, like, a part of this offense. I think you can flip the two usage this week, mm-hmm. and Derrick Henry will get the lead back work, and DeMarco Murray, they'll sprinkle him in because they want to obviously get him well. They want to get him fresh mm-hmm. and, and back to uh, full health so they could have that one-two punch that they had last year. But I think that this week, if he is limited, Derrick Henry is going to get enough touches where I feel confident starting him as an RB2. All right, real quick, uh, Vontae Davis looks like uh, the quarterback for the Colts. Looks like he's going to be a game-time decision. Uh, so That uh, helps out our guy, Hollywood, Hollywood Higgins, baby. Got to love Hollywood this week. Uh, and uh, uh, Rob Kelly, we'll talk about the uh, the Washington Redskins. Uh, Rob Kelly, Josh Norman, Jordan Reed uh, on the injury report. And then we got to talk about the Patriots, too. Uh, what are you going to do with Gronk this week? And Danny Amendola looks like he's going to uh, be able to play. Uh, flu issues in Tampa Bay? What's going on over there, Joey? I don't know. Maybe they got to use Purell, right? <laughs> <laughs> Clean your hands, guys. <laughs> Wash your hands. Uh, but uh, we've got lots more coming up for you. Uh, we've got... Uh, We'll be talking Bengals next hour, too, with uh, beat writer Jay Morrison from Cox Media Group. We'll be right back with more on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend. Fantasy Update. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. With Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, I'm Joe Galina. I'm here with my buddies, Frankie Cheech Stample and Mike Florio. And hey, uh, if you're new to daily fantasy sports, Fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. Flatter prize pools, smaller fields, and single-entry contests only. Fantasy Factor is running a $50 weekly NFL contest that is free entry. Simply sign up and enter. Go to FantasyFactor.com and sign up now. I'm actually in their survivor pool, and I'm still alive, Joey. There you go. Week three, my New England Patriots pick. Nice. Seems pretty safe. Yeah. Although, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, save your better teams for later on. I mean, you have to get to later on, exactly, right? Exactly, so, yeah. Yeah, go. if you take, you know, look, you take the Patriots and see if any other teams emerge. Yeah, you know and, then you, and you, you follow the Jets around later on in the season. <laughs> Just play whoever plays them. Yes. Uh, I got knocked out week one. I took the Texans. Yeah, I was not on that. <laughs> I mean, everyone was talking about the storyline of you know them coming back after the hurricane. Uh-huh. I get it, but I just thought that it was going to be a close, defensive-minded kind of game. I didn't think it was going to be mm-hmm. you know a complete rout the right. way that it was. But yeah, I played the Bills in week one. Just, go. just go against the Jets, man. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. And you got them out of the way to yeah. get a win using the Bills, who you know going to be a 
A mediocre team, no? What yeah, do you yeah, think? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. he's no. right here, Joey. <laughs> no, they got a better record than the Giants. As, and as I speak, uh, you got Michael Foria wearing a Bills cap. <laughs> yeah, last week was a stinker, man. Mm-hmm. 9-3. Yeah, and they, was... they could have won, too, man, if Zay Jones makes that catch down the sideline. Uh, it was. It looked like a, it was a bit of a high pass. It was, it was a tough catch, but he slowed up a little bit on the backside of that route. Looked like he just got a little bit nervous uh, as a rookie there, but they had a chance to win. Mm-hmm. I read a, a thing about that catch from a Bills sideline reporter who was literally at the sideline marker where the play went down. Mm-hmm. And he said when that ball came off of the hands of Tyrod Taylor, he thought it was sailing uncatchable. No one was even going to be able to make a play on it. So he said it was impressive enough that Zay Jones was able to adjust his body and get right. it where he had his hands on it and a chance to make it. This sideline reporter said that that was more of a poor throw by Tyrod Taylor, mm-hmm. but at least he gave, put the ball in the vicinity where someone could get to it. Right. While we're on Take Zay Jones... Is he droppable, Mike? I don't think I would drop him just yet because he did have six targets last week. Mm-hmm. He's still their number one wide receiver option. And, I mean, they were going against the Panthers. So, And then you want to say, oh, week one, he did nothing against the Jets. They came out after the game and said the game plan in this game was to throw the ball to running backs and tight ends and, and strictly uh, – attack the linebackers of the Jets. So I don't think I dropped Zay Jones yet. There's no way I'm starting him. Mm-hmm. And if he puts up another dud this week, then I think you can drop him. All right. Yeah. Real quick, Rob Gronkowski and Danny Amendola for the Patriots. What are you doing with them? I mean, if Gronk is playing, you have to start him, right? Yep. Uh, but Danny Amendola looked real good week one, right? I mean, he kind of almost looked like he was taking over Edelman's you know, role there. And then Cook's... You know, still looks like a, a boomer bus guy, right? I mean, you know, three catches, 88 yards, week one, just two catches and 37 yards against his old team. Everyone was expecting a big-time revenge game from him. Yeah, me me included. Mm-hmm. I used him in a DFS lineup. Uh, but, you know, I thought it was awesome. I read about this. Scott Barrett on Twitter. Follow him. He does great work for Pro Football Focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote an article about, uh, Brandon Cooks' splits versus faster or slower cornerbacks. And Marshawn Lattimore in the draft combine this past year actually ran a sub 4 4 40 So he is one of the faster cornerbacks in the NFL. And Mike mentioned earlier how he, he was shadowing Brandon Cooks and really shut him down in that game. This week is a little bit different. He's going up against the Texans who have Jonathan Joseph, who is a little bit older now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a, definitely a great corner at some point in his career. Is he still great? I wouldn't say that. Is he fast? I certainly wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, Ke- Kevin Johnson is out there injured as well. So I think this is the week that Brandon Cooks can get right. Uh, I think Danny Amendola in a PPR league is a solid low-end wide receiver three. All right. When we come back next hour, don't forget we have Bengals beat writer Jay Morrison from Cox Media Group. We'll continue going over some injuries, re- and we'll uh, preview some games for you as well on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 